Hello, this is Rune Archai, and um, this is what happened last time. Uh, we found Kevin, and uh, it turned out he, he turned out to be a marooned fisherman. He had been sedated by the frog people who worshipped him as a god, and then we freed him, and then we escaped the island in his lifeboat. Um, a few days later, we discovered another island. It seems to have been found by the, the pirates of the Red Cell, and then... Uh, what if this is the digs that I had told him about? After days on the boat, you now have come across an island. You're hungry. The sun is beating down on you. <laughs> Kevin's been hogging all the fish. <laughs> and just beyond the island, this rocky island with some visible ruins along one shore, a green sail pops up. It's just on the other side of the island. You can just see a sliver, a little crescent of the ship from the emerald sail. Well, we found two things. We found the land and we found that emerald sail again. Oh, this uh, this island looks like the uh, the island description uh, for the dig site. Ooh, you think they actually found the actual dig site? <laughs> it kind of appears to me that way. Um, I don't think Jack. Do, do you think we want to tangle with these pirates again? They did abandon us at the uh, last island, so I'm not sure. Runa, you've been on this island before, right? No, actually, I uh, see. Um, <clears throat> I'm allergic to uh, wearing flippy floppies and short pants on a boat. Wait, you've never been on this island? <laughs> no, I, okay, no. Is the it island? Was a re- it was a report. Gotcha. Is the island big enough to where we can get on to land and hide for a while? Greenard just does this, like the giant sweeping arm, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. And Giovanni rubs his eyes and then actually just looks at the island. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly sizable island, and it's rocky, and it's, it's got a peak to it. There's some cliffs leading up to the peak. And at the moment, we're only seeing one ship. Yeah, because it's on the other side of the island. You're just catching mm. just the tail end of it. <laughs> you know, if there's only one ship, that means we can get on that ship and take it. It's certainly big enough to where there might be the rest of the fleet behind the island, though. You, you, you know, you can't quite tell from here, but it's a possibility. Um, you are going to steal a ship with two people. Three. Three? <laughs> Kevin? Me? So you Kevin? and Kevin? Kevin's helping you? Me? Oh, far. <laughs> Drac- uh, Kevin, too. Kevin smiles. He's got fish guts all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> if there's only one ship, I think I can do it. Uh, Drac, Drac. I, I think we should not do that plan. Well, the alternative is to engage with the pirates. Is it? Or hide. Per, per, perhaps his original plan of finding a place to hide on the island and wait the pirates out and then uh, continue sailing after they have left. I think that was his original plan. I feel like that's a much stronger plan. Well, I say the first thing we should do is just get onto the land, right? So. We have an elf that can just tug us there. And he points at Druck. What? Don't you see those people walking on the beach? As you get closer to the island, you can see that there are several tents set up on the beach, working their way up the hill that leads up to the rocky peak. 
and you can kind of make out that they're some sort of cave or might be an excavation entrance or something like that. But there are some people on the beach. And the ship's on the far side of the island? Mm-hmm. Is there any flags or any insignia that's being flown for the camp? There is a flag on one of the tents that has some sort of crest on it. You can't quite make it out from where you are because you're still pretty far away, but there's definitely some sort of flag. Can I tell if that's Griga's ship? Roll your perception. Ten. Yeah, it's hard to say. You're kind of seeing the aft of the ship. Um, so I'm thinking this might be the uh, scholar camp? Giovanni, don't you have a spyglass in that jacket of yours? Mm, let me look one second. <laughs> and he starts pulling stuff out. He pulls out a couple glass bottles, some caltrops, a few candles, grappling hook. No. I don't have a spyglass. Okay. Let's get to the island, because there's no other choice. It's relatively calm day, and it's moving pretty well. You're getting closer and closer, and there isn't much like, sandy beach or anything like that. Runar, go ahead and roll your perception. Oh, I got a 14. You make out a symbol that looks like a large columned building, and you think that the flag that you see comes from the Great Archive of St. Mucius, which would be a large library and group of scholars in the city of Aurora. Oh, what a relief. They're they're not from the aquarium. They're uh, at the aquarium. They're from the white city of uh, Aurora. Hmm. Mucius? I, I believe. Mm. Saint Mucius. It's, uh... Do they worship cows? <laughs> Are you sure you're born of a sea god? <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? I'll sing you another song about it tonight. If uh, we survive. What do you think, Do you really think he's born of a sea god? I think he's a, <clears throat> a little, you know, he got dropped as a child and maybe ate, ate some lead chips. You know, if Santas get dropped, they don't land on their head, they land on their own, so they're totally fine. I'm still coming with you eight lead chips. Just straight off the bar, like, you didn't even wait for it to get mixed in with the paint. You're almost to the island, and although you saw movement originally, and people moving around among the tents, there doesn't seem to be anybody there now. You do, however, see another lifeboat hmm. that's been tied to the shore there. There's a little walkway among the rocks that you could use to get up to the little tent level. Did we see where these people went? Not especially. Kind of while you were talking, kind of looked back and there wasn't any movement anymore. Let's just get to the island and start checking things out. That's fine. I'm just worried about an ambush. Mm. <laughs> You're quick. you got kind of like reflexes. You'll be fine. No. 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 Did no. you say no or meow? I, I, I said no. Did oh. I say meow? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't meow. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Kevin's like, who are these people? I, I, these people at the camp, I believe, are from the St. Mucius. Uh, it is a library and a group of scholars in the white city of Aurora. So, dig site, like you were saying? Well, yes, but the problem is, is if you notice there was a ship on the far side of the island, I don't know if we, you could still see it, but um, it is from the Emerald Sails. Have you heard of them? He goes, the Emerald Sail? Yes. Is that what we saw up there? That is correct. Well, no, we're dead. We're not going to agree. I spent all this time with frogs, and now I'm going to be murdered by pirates. <laughs> Listen, I understand how you feel. They have a dog out there. He goes by the name of what? It's terrible. 
I'm actually dragging me around by the collar. Drek, Drek, please tell me you have a plan. Because Giovanni is not going to be very useful. What do you mean I'm not going to be useful? <laughs> We're just talking in the water. Let's go to the island. What else are we going to do? Plus, I need food. Just eat your shirt. I have that, and he holds up one of his sleeves. <laughs> Three inches shorter. Eat the other sleeve. Keep him even. Kevin's like scooching closer to Druck. <laughs> also, uh, point of order if you had pants, you could actually have more to eat because now you have more fabric. Where do you oh think his pants went? He ate them. It's got to be the I did not eat my pants. All right, let's get to shore, for goodness sakes. Well, as long as you don't eat my shorts. Drug, can we go put the boat to the shore? Should we be right next to that other one, or should we hide it a little bit off the ways? I like the idea of hiding it. That might not be a bad idea to put it a little bit away from the other boat. If we run into problems, and we've got a boat. Exactly. In multiple locations. Okay, so we're going to pull the boat up to the shore, but away from the other boat, and then try to hide it. Okay. What time of day is it? It's kind of midday at this point. <clears throat> Uh, go ahead and roll stealth. 21. So you kind of think to get everybody quiet as you start moving a little bit north from where you were originally headed. Get yourself away from the boat, find another spot that seems like it makes sense. Kevin helps a little bit with that as well. And you find a spot that you can kind of wedge it, the boat itself, because you don't necessarily have anything to tie it off onto, but you can almost like weigh it down so that it'll hopefully stay in place. Just a rocky shore. It's about a 45 degree angle straight up out of the water. And then it flattens out, which is kind of be where the tents are all set on that flat surface. Runer is going to try to whisper to Druk. So, um, Druk, um, do you think we can take the Emerald Sails, even if it is just one little ship by ourselves? Well, we've got the uh, fishermen, and Giovanni knows his way around the sails, so. We'll have to fight the entirety of the crew. If the crew's on the boat. Oh, yeah, they might be looking on the island. I mean, surely they would have, a, like, a, some sort of way to single other ships. You think we could outrun the other ships? Well, if the boat's alone, I don't know how they'd go about notifying the other ships that they've been a- abandoned on this island. Well, I mean, as a wizard, I mean, I know there's a spell called Sending that would function quite well for that matter. Well, they should probably get a lay of the land before we make any plans. Are you walking up the shore? Yeah. I will follow Drew. Alright. Probably only about 10-20 feet to get to the flat surface and when you are about halfway up you just hear, stop where you are. Runar pops straight up, puts his hands up like in the, like up to his sides it's like, I'm, I'm freezing, I'm freezing, I don't move, oh, oh, I'm falling backwards I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and he tumbles down the, the hill because he wasn't, wasn't really thinking about it being you know, 45 degrees is Okay. Pretty steep. Make a acrobatics check. Let's see if you can keep yourself from hitting the water. Uh, 22. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Just looks all bumbly all the way down and then just sort of stops himself because he sees the water coming. Oh, that was close. I could have... Oh, wait. I was supposed to be freezing or stopping where I was at. My apologies. Giovanni puts his arms up, hands up, and his clothes kind of shake a little while because all the stuff dangling off of him. Do you stop, Greg? Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't see anybody. You just heard a voice. Relatively close. I would like to roll perception and see if I can spot where this is coming from. I rolled a six. Okay. Where do you come from? Uh, We come from the sea, my friend. (laughs) Clearly. We were just checking out an island and just two days away, so it's down south. There's a lot of really good things there. 
I don't know where Kevin kind of slips to and slides down, hits the water, kind of slaps his way back onto the shore. Are you from uh, St. Mucius, by chance? I don't know what St. Mucius is. Are you from the Emerald Sail that's over there? Perhaps. Good, then we can help. And he puts his hands down and starts walking forward. What? Come on, it's okay, it's okay. He's waving everybody else to come with him. He goes, we, we know Griga. We go way back. Way back? We met her like two weeks ago. Did you meet her before that? <laughs> he kicks at your foot. <laughs> Wait, please. Stop. Why? He keeps walking. There's sort of a fumbling in the dirt in front of you, you know, the, the rocky soil, okay. as effectively someone that's, a, uh, that's invisible, you think, just got out of your way because you were just going to walk right through him. Ah. He goes, oh, I know that trick too, my friend. And then Giovanni turns invisible. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And then he turns back to being visible again. Oh, okay. Where's Griga? Let's talk to her. Lead the way, buddy. Uh, can we avoid talking to the one named Mutt, though? This guy doesn't like dogs. Greg is not on this side of the island. Ah, which captain's on that ship? Who are you again? Giovanni Marison, and he bows. Don't ask him where he came from. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> and he starts walking, and he's invisible, so you're like, what? <laughs> okay. Just listening for the footsteps <laughs> and watching prints on the ground. No, this way. Well, if you would become visible, it would be a lot easier to follow you. Comes into your vision just all at once. He's a green-skinned high orc. He's okay. got a big red shock of hair and yellow eyes. Very okay. stark colors on him. Ah, handsome lad. Thanks for leading the way. This is much better. I, I, I suppose we could follow. Where are we going again? Where are you taking... What is your name? My name is Oofhack. Oofhack? <laughs> Oofhack. Oofhack. Oofhack, yes. Oh, yeah, two syllables. Not that Great hard. name. Great name, Oofhack. Did you just say Moohack? Oofhack. Oofhack? You don't recognize him. You think you would have seen him before on the ship. Which ship are you from? That one Never right there, you. I bet. Never you mind. Him and about, what, 12 others, maybe? Maybe 14? Yes. Uh, yes, just go ahead and tell us that number. Who do you, who's your captain? Rhea. Why does she technically be your admiral? Just, I'm just curious. <clears throat> commander. Did you just say she was a commander? You're just picking random ranks and giving them to her now? Will you shut your cat up? Hey, Bruno, you gotta let Oofhack talk and walk, okay? Oofhack. Oh, got it. No, Oofhack. Oofhack. No, Oofhack. Like, like oof if hack? you accidentally hack something off your body, you might say, Oof. <laughs> oofhack. <laughs> oh, the size of that oof is rather large. <laughs> All right, wait here. You're standing outside of a tent. He steps in. We're at the camp now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't very far because yeah. it's basically right up the shore. Okay. How many uh, tents are we looking at? Ooh, there's about 10. About 10. And they okay. look established. Like, they look like they've been here for a little while. Oh, okay. okay. Can I take a look at the, the flag again? Is it definitively the St. Lucius? Yeah. You know of it. They're a little bit of, you know, like archaeologists and archivists and just people looking for knowledge. <laughs> These buddies of yours or not? No, no, no. <clears throat> I wouldn't say so. Uh, more like rivals. I mean, ooh, that could be fun. No, this is gonna go poorly. Like, <laughs> see, rivals in the academic, you're just trying to one up them. You're just trying to find the one better thing. Like, it's just, I, I think in your world, your concept of a rival is somebody you stab. Well, it sounds like you're just like pirates, so it'll all work out. It'll be fine. Our ours is an upstanding and renowned. Wait, are we just pirates? 
Or do we only see one ship still? At this point, you don't see the ship at all because once you got to the shore, it's on the other side of the island. There's a big hill in the middle of the island just obscuring any view like that. It's just one big rocky hill, effectively. You're just at the base of it on this flattened area. Gotcha. There are some ruins mixed around here. You can see that there was once something here. And so that's probably what the Order of St. Lucius would be doing here. And there is clearly some sort of cave that has been excavated into the side. There's also a couple up the hill, or up the side of the cliffs, you can see a couple of old doorways, windows, that like, you know, as if it was carved into the side of the hill at one point. They're in pretty horrible disrepair. Clearly ancient. Some birds flying in and out. Ufak comes out, and he has another high orc with him. It's a woman. She has kind of platinum hair. She has brown eyes, and she's kind of fair-skinned. You don't recognize her either. She says, You are under arrow point, so please be careful about what you do here. When she walks out to the canvas on the tent, flops up and then flops back down, and you can see that there are a couple of people inside that appear to be wrapped up or tied up or something. You just get this little glimpse of a a bound person or two. Hmm. How long will it be before you're done with your business here? You say you came from the sea. That's what Ufak's telling me. Yes. On what ship? On a lifeboat. I call it the Little Mermaid. What happened to your ship? Um, Nothing. It's just down on the shore. No, your ship, not your lifeboat. I, you know, I honestly don't remember. I just woke up and I was on the ship. We were all on there. I think we were abandoned on this ship. Well, see, what really happened was I was trying to uh, stole away on the Warhawk, and then I accidentally got on the consort instead, and then uh, we were attacked by the Emerald Cell, and I believe something about murderous ills or something, and then uh, I made a deal with Gria, and... I uh, gave her some information, and then she, in exchange, removed us on Frog Island, and um, it was not the correct island, and then, so then we found a boat there, and we took a boat from Frog Island to here. Oh, that's right. See, sorry, I had a little too much to drink the last few days, so yes, what he said is accurate. She just looks at Giovanni like <laughs> she can't even stand him. Just as she's about to say something to Ufak, another voice comes out, and it's coming from behind you. It's a male voice, and he says, I've met these three. Oh, we turn. Who is it? Another invisible person, apparently. (laughs) Would you guys quit being invisible? (laughs) Shows himself, and it is an elf with auburn hair, green eyes, dark skin. Draki, recognizing from the ship, you had talked to him. His name is Mac. You and he had had a conversation about Tandria. As these three were on the jewel, and yes, they were left behind. They had given us the wrong location, but it seems that the location was not far off. Because here we are. Yes, we just made a simple little mistake, that's all. Seems fair enough to me. Kind of smiles at Druck. Perhaps they could be of use to us here. Oh, no. I, I do, do recall that the deal was that we would be dropped off on the island. I did not make any deal about any additional work or labor. Well... There's always time for new deals, she says. We can always renegotiate. I, I've got what I've desired out of this situation. What are you going to offer? She looks at Ufak, and they both kind of make a perplexed face, and she looks back at you, and she says, How do you think you're going to get off of this island? You're going to need us for that, aren't you? Well, the plan was always never involved you. It was to stay here marooned on the island and then offer another more pleasant passing ship. Mech says, look at this place. 
There haven't been people here for many years. This camp here has maybe set up for a month or two, but they're not going to be sending ships back and forth. This isn't a trade hub. This is a ruin. Correct. A ruin that's being excavated. They will have to eventually send supply ships. Eventually? But in the meantime, we're going to take all the supplies. That, that does present a challenge I hadn't quite considered fully. Chuck, how good are you at hunting? Impassable. There we go. We have a passable hunter. On the other side of this island, they're filling their boat with treasures and goods that we can use. Max says, I think it would be in your best interest to join our forces for the time being, not sit on a desolate rock. Let's do it. What? what? You, you want to mop after zombies again? Well, I don't really want to do that part, but um, you can help explain all the treasures that they find. I just- We'd be happy to help you load your ships. What? This is... <laughs> You're a pirate again. There you go. That's my chosen profession. Now that we're pirates, do you have any rum? <laughs> well, let's just see if you've served useful. I'll She's be useful. Up. Look at me. I live the pirate life every day. And then he takes a flask out and shows that it's empty. And he just says, I just haven't refilled in a while. You three, make yourselves at home somewhere here. Please do not interact with the prisoners, and we will contact the ships and see how we can make use of you. You said contact the ships, did you say? Aye. Excellent, excellent. How about just give us a tour? I'm going to ask a tour for somebody you haven't even asked their name of? My name's Giovanni. What's yours? <laughs> Pardon my manners. I'm Barkara. Nice to meet you, Barkara. You've met Ufak. I have met Ufak. Ufak. <laughs> Your old friend Mech here, apparently. Mech smiles. And there might be one or two others hanging out. Mech says, come with me, I'll give you a tour. Excellent. So he shows you around this camp that is full of prisoners. There's a pile of dead bodies collected in one spot. Most of the bodies are guard types, mercenaries that have been brought along as guards, people that were fighters, but the majority of the prisoners are all scholarly types. Monks and librarians and just things like that. And so they didn't put up much of a fight, but they're just being held in place while the island gets looted. He does show you that up the hill there's an entryway to a little bit of a cave that had been dug out inside as some sort of temple, they think, to maybe the sea god from long ago. He doesn't much know because he's not the scholar. And he said on the other side of the island there's actually a what they call the chess house. It's a large tomb, essentially, that has a large chessboard in it. And they said that it's been perplexing them because they think the real treasure lies beyond the chessboard and they haven't been able to figure it out. Hmm. Well, that's really just like, can we go to the tomb of the uh, sea god? Perhaps I could defy, decipher something for you. We could certainly go up there. Also, Mac, how long do you think you'll all be here? How long is this going to take, you think? I'm hoping no more than a, a day or two, but they're having trouble with this tomb on the other side of the island, so... We'll see what happens there. The chess tomb? Mm-hmm. Runar, you seem like you'd be very good at chess. I am not. <laughs> Druk, you seem like you'd be very good at chess. No. Darn it. <laughs> Can we take a look at this tomb? Uh, I'd be very curious to see if there was, in fact, an old god to uh, old to the god of the sea. Um, Mare? Yes, Mare, I believe. Yeah, he walks you up there. They're really just sort of patrolling the place and making sure that none of these scholarly types cause any trouble, and most of them act a little bit like Runar, and so it hasn't seemed to have been a big issue for them. 
during that walk, Giovanni's going to say, Mac, let me tell you how I was born from there. I was born from the sea. And the story just goes on and on. <clears throat> Mac, I think you might be able to get to silence him if you were to perhaps toss him a, a spare shirt. <laughs> 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 he likes chewing on shirts. <laughs> and perhaps if you gave him a fresh one, he could either eat it in its entirety or put it on do you have any pants for him he would like a pants with, with like pockets because you know then he can store more stuff you jingle more mac don't listen to this guy he's crazy i'm picky about my shirts anyways he points down at the body pile and he says they, they got shirts <sighs> well sorry uh, saps i don't think they're in his size you walk into the mouth of this temple it smells of dust and it's got little arachnids and you know just little critters that are finding the shadows of the corners it doesn't look like much when you first walk in. And honestly, Giovanni and Druck might not even think much of it. it. Looks like a cave that's been sort of hollowed out or smoothed off a little bit by people. But there's definitely an image that's been pressed into the walls, carved out or something. It takes a minute to sort of try to take in the picture because it's a little bit primitive. Go ahead and roll your religion. I rolled a six again. <laughs> I got an eight. <laughs> Yay! I rolled a 20. Oh, <laughs> yes! Nice. Apparently it's an elf <laughs> god. Oddly enough, there is something elvish about it, and that's maybe why Druk, it sparks something. Something about the style speaks elvish, but there's also something else to it that has this weird gnomish feel to it. Uh, you're not even sure why you think that, Druk, but that's what you're struck with. You get this weird mix of styles that seem to you to be elvish and gnomish. The gist of the picture, it seems to be a representation of storm, some sort of wave coming out of an image of a humanoid figure. Hmm. Oh, well, quite fascinating. Um, is there more to the temple than this? Roll your investigation. Okay. 17. It's all just one space. It looks like there might be some more excavation that could happen. It's a work in progress as they've uncovered this, but... You do see that there is, in the ceiling itself, there's kind of veins of gem-like crystals or something that are sort of working through the rock above. You wonder if maybe that's why they put this here in the first place. You know, is it possible that this place was special because of some geological uniqueness? Can I follow these veins? Do they lead anywhere? They kind of lead down past like a stream almost, right? You follow them around the image. And then they go to the ground and circle out around the base of the cave. You do see that they all lead to one spot on the floor. I inspect that spot on the floor and I'm looking for I don't know, a button, I don't know, something peculiar about it, some sort of magical aura, just like just kind of poking and prodding with my natural senses. Giovanni gets excited and starts hitting his hoof down around the area. Kind of like digging at it? or He's just tapping at it, okay. trying to see if he can press on anything. He's looking for landmines. <laughs> like, as you're looking, Giovanni's hoof comes down and hits something that doesn't feel the same. You know, there's a rock or something in there. When you investigate, you can kind of dig at it a little bit. There's actually a chess piece worked into the ground, you know, like it was Ooh. buried in there. What type of piece is it? It is a knight, and it's a light pink sort of opaque rock. Look, I found a knight! And he holds it up. How big of a piece is it? Um, it's what you would expect on a chessboard. Hmm. 
uh, Mac, was it? Uh, is this? Uh, were you missing any pieces from the uh, the the chess room, the chess board, the chess club, the chess castle? Tomb, chess tomb, chess tomb. We've been finding pieces in different places. There's something about chess on this island. So I mean, it is a good form of entertainment. We might be collecting a full set somewhere here, but uh, I haven't got any myself. We get to keep the pink set, and he puts it in his pocket. <laughs> uh, it's gone. <laughs> I walk around in the area a little bit more, especially like where everything coalesces, clacks, or whatever, mm-hmm. just to see if there's anything more significant, or if it was just that piece just happened to be there. Roll investigation again. 14 this time. You find a couple fragments of another one. You think that it's just that old. I mean, somehow or other, this the piece you found might actually be older than the temple itself. You're just getting this weird level of history here where <laughs> you're starting to recognize that some of the styles don't make sense to you either. Like the, the idea of like gnomish and elvish and there's even a little bit of draconic style and some of the filigree that they've kind of worked into the walls. Hmm. Curious, curious, curious. I want to make a religion check and see if I notice anything about Mare that stands out. Okay. 17. You can feel your father's presence. <sighs> Thank you for the gift, father. And he holds out a little pink chest piece. <laughs> and he puts it back in his pocket. <laughs> you work that works that time? It's a profound moment for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, anything else of note in here? Can I pull loose any of those like fancy-looking stones on the wall? No, because it's like a vein in yeah. the wall, and it, and it seems to be natural. I mean, yeah. it might be okay. something they could no mine, problem. but it wouldn't be. It would. It would take some work. Yeah, no problem. Just and checking. it would pretty much ruin the uh, the historical value of the place. Well, I suppose we could go check out the the tea room. Check out the one room. The what? tea room. The tea, tea room? room. Well, isn't that what you play chess? Where do you play chess at? On a ship. Well, I suppose if... Or in a tavern. Tavern? In the tea room in the tavern. No, just like regular room in the tavern, like where everybody has drinks. (laughs) There's not tea rooms in taverns? I don't think so. That's... I mean, you can call a tavern like a tea room because it starts with tea, maybe. No, they're not the same. Tea (laughs) rooms where you sit down and you have your tea and you play chess. You know, sometimes you can be too educated and maybe that's what's happening here. I think you're not educated enough. I think <laughs> oh. you, you are effectively a Billy Goat Gruff. Oh. His mouth gets wide open. His eyes get wide open. He's very offended. All right, let's go to the chess room. Eddie kind of grumpily walks out. Right. Yes, the tea room. We'll go to the tea room. Chess room! You know, there's a little bit of an incline to get up to that cave, and as you walk down, because, you know, Mech was kind of standing at the door while you looked around, you're walking down with him and... Arkara and, and Ufhat come up. They have another woman with them, a human, who has scales all over her body. Like, from the neck down, she's just fish scaled. Another one of the pirates, apparently. Arkara says, Grega wants to see you. Excellent. You're welcome to take your boat over to the northeast shore. But we're going to go to the, the tea room. It's on the northeast shore. Oh, how convenient. That works for us. In the Thank boat... You. Do you just have perhaps a, a path cleared through the jungle? How would we have put path through this place? Put a machete, maybe some... Don't mind him, he's afraid of water. We'll be fine, let's go. Uh, Drug, how do we get to this guy if not being afraid of water? I tell you what. I'm sure. Um, can we grab a couple of oars? Ours are... Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Not the greatest uh, construction. 
Yeah, I saw that on your way in. Well, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, we did a pretty good job, I thought. But <laughs> that's why I was suggesting the the path through the jungle, forest, rainforest. We gotta go on the boat. You'll be fine. They can shoot us with a cannon on the boat. They can shoot you in the jungle too. Well, they are all been invisible and been pointing bows and arrows at us. They kind of oh, look I'm... over at the vegetation on this island, and Kevin says. His threshold for jungle is very low. <laughs> it's not a big, thick jungle either. It's, it's mostly rock. All right. So, yes, they actually can find some ores. They have an extra set that they can dig up for you. And they basically just send you that direction. Okay. As soon as we get down by the water, Giovanni's going to splash Runar a little bit. I'm going to dodge that. I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get used to this. It's okay. You'll be fine. No, water, no. You'll, nope. you'll smell no. better, too. You smell like a goat. I'm supposed to smell like a goat. <laughs> I don't think that is accurate. You're not actually a goat. <laughs> so get back into the boat, unwedge it, and with proper oars now, make much better time than you had coming into the island. Kevin's actually helping a lot now. He seems to think that this is his way back home to Portmanteau. And although he's scared to death of those pirates, he doesn't want to be on an island anymore. Come around the bend, and yes, there are three ships ah, over there, all with green sails. There's people on each ship. They didn't leave their ships empty or anything like that. As you come around a bend, there are lifeboats that are moving back and forth, and there are people up on the shore. They're clearly taking crates and different things that had been packed up by the archaeologists, and they're bringing them up onto the boat. Again, here you see more and more bodies. They were all sort of piled up on the other side. Here you see more. There was clearly a battle here. Again, most of the bodies are not defenseless. You see robed people, scholarly types, but most of the dead bodies actually look like they were armed or armored. People that were there to defend them. As you get up to the shore, people kind of come out to pull you in. And, you know, different pirates, some of whom you recognize, some of whom you don't. Giovanni's giving high fives. Everybody recognizes. Hey! <laughs> hey! Like, no one denies you a high five. Like, everybody <laughs> gives you a high five. Up top! Don't encourage him. They pull the boat up, and you guys get out, and Kevin is just a nervous rack among all these pirate types. You're fine, Kevin. It's okay. And you can see Griga standing up at this doorway. There's a couple of doors into this cliffside. And she's standing there, mutt standing next to her. And he comes walking your direction. Giovanni gives mutt a wave and then starts to try to walk past him to go right to Griga. You can see that the dwarven necromancer is down at the shore. She's kind of directing some people down there. Some of the zombies are moving, some dragging some things around. Does mutt let me get by him? He kind of puts his hand out. You just... You, High five! You just, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's enough to kind of make him startle him in a, for a second. And you do get past him. He's kind of almost like looking at his hand like, what happened here? He goes, Griga, 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 lovely Griga. And he bows to her. So, you got off the island. Good for you. That we did, that we did. We found your spot. Correct. That you did, that Look, you did. Looks at... Runar, correct. This is your spot. Is it? Is it Giovanni really? Giovanni shaking his head up and <laughs> like, down. Is this the spot that I was trying to? You can only assume. I don't Giovanni's know. Giovanni's head's going up and down even at longer <laughs> length here. 
Um, I, I mean, I just seems like the spot. Like, I mean, there was ruins. I was I was picturing a rocky shore. There's definitely some mountainous type terrain, or at least you know a very sturdy hill, a robust hill. It's kind of a doubting Tomcat, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Grigor, by the way, I have a few gifts for you. Something we ran into. So we ran into these peculiar little frog people. But here, and he takes a little while and he finds one of the frog daggers. And then he also takes out one of the two vials that he has. And takes out one of the vials that has some of the frog goo in it. Hmm. And he says, first off, here's one of the th- weapons they were using. I just think it's very interesting looking. But the second thing is, is I got this little vial of stuff that makes you get a little loopy. So you can use that for whatever you want. But it's kind of fun, but you got to, you know, use it the right way, I guess. Mutt takes it from you and looks at it and kind of uncorks it, sniffs it. <laughs> Don't let it touch your face. I, I mean, I, I highly encourage, like, doing microdosing. Um, like, just take small samples. It'll give you... I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, he, like, just thought he realizes that he's, he actually was, like, very, seemingly like, knowledgeable about it. And then he was just like, I actually don't. And then he just stops. He goes, like, I don't, I want to pretend like I didn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> he he kind of puts his tongue out and, like, <laughs> like <laughs> licks it. And his, his pupils immediately <laughs> dilate. And Kevin, by the way, starts, like, shaking. He's like... Like withdrawals? Something happens, yeah. Like it's like the smell is in the air or something, and he starts like uh, convulsing almost. Like he's he's like, totally not noticing Kevin at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's just right up there with Griga. Oh, Griga, I hear you need uh, somebody to play chess for you. Is that what I hear? Yes, in the tea room. Well, it's funny you should bring that up. We've been a little perplexed by this. Apparently so were the scholars... Ah, uh, this scholar is a genius, though. He'll be able to figure it out in two seconds. <laughs> they had war- I, just Wait, wait, wait. I have not played chess in years. This is going to be a very... I could take a look. Yeah, two hours instead of two seconds. That's fine. We're going to just roll his eyes at that. Hmm. You're willing to look at it for us? Yeah, absolutely. We get half the share of the treasure, though, right? And then he laughs and winks at her. Uh, half would be a lot for three people in our crew. <laughs> and then he goes, but we're your favorite, right? And then he winks at her again. Of all my favorites, you're the closest to me. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I think that means she doesn't like you. What do you mean you're taking it? <laughs> Never mind you. Never mind. Let's go to the tomb room. Tea room. <laughs> tomb room. Exactly. Tea room. Mutt goes and grabs this scowler. It's actually an elf, kind of bleach blonde hair and green eyes, and actually green skinned, which is not not uncommon for elves. He goes and grabs her, and again, he's all dilated and kind of loopy. But he staggers over with this elf, and he says, Tell him what you told us about this place. And the elf turns to everyone and says, Uh, um,. Well, I have been part of the excavation here. Uh, We think that this place might have been the birthplace of the game of chess. Uh, We've called it Chessend. It's a possible gnomish origin, but there's definite elves that have ruled this place from time to time, and we think there might be dragonkin along the way. It's, it's a perplexing uh, architecture, and, and we, we're just a little confused. Uh, on top of that, we've got temples for various uh, fallen gods, uh, I suppose not fallen at the time. 
but uh, we're not exactly sure what this chess room is for. We think there might be a tomb at the end. Are there pieces on the board or no? Yes. All the pieces? Or are there some that are missing? The half of the pieces. Hmm. Well, let's take a look. So they all kind of walk over and you basically hear a couple of the pirates talking as you're walking up. You know, some, there's a little bit of a crowd surrounding the new people. And you, you do hear a couple of people be like, are they going to try it? Oh, looks like it. You go through this excavation entrance. Looks like a mine. They've kind of dug into it to find this thing. And they've got it all propped up so the entrance doesn't fall in on itself. And you step into a little corridor. There's a portcullis that has been kind of wedged open. Portcullis is actually a weird color. It's kind of a bright blue Hmm. and kind of makes a weird staticky sound. And beyond that, there's this floor made of kind of ebony and ivory tiles. It's a giant chessboard. It's on the far side of the room. There are a bunch of what look like terracotta warriors. Hmm. The front row is uh, of pawns are all gnomish. They look to have sort of leather armor. I mean, it's all terracotta, but they look like they're in ter- uh, leather armor, and they are actually holding kind of stone weapons, maces, clubs, bludgeoning weapons. Okay. Behind them, there's a king and a queen that look to be elven. There's a dragon on each side of them, where the bishops would be. Next to them are actually horse-headed humanoids, where the knights would be. And then the rooks on the ends are humanoids with raven's heads. The elf says, they come to life when certain things happen on the board. Uh, It hasn't seemed to have gone well for some of the people that have tried it, and the pirates have sent a few of their own, and it didn't turn out well for them either. Can you move those pieces or no? They'll they'll move on their own. Did you line up the other side that's empty with all people representing pieces and start playing or no? Uh, we've tried that. And does it react just you make a move, I make a move, you make a move? Uh, not exactly. Yeah, it's more like it moves and then your team moves. The entire thing moves? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. All or nothing chess, I guess. We think that you have to get the king, but we're not really sure exactly how that works. And it doesn't allow free movement. You you effectively move like the board wants you to move. We think that there's some time magic. It's like you're not actually slowed down. It's just that time shifts a little bit. Interesting. So Grigus says, you three figure this out. You got to ride out of here. <laughs> no problem. And he kind of pulls on his collar a little bit, like off to the side, like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, then. So what you're saying is, is it's win-win. We beat the puzzle. You take us someplace, and if we lose the puzzle, you'll just leave us alone here. Yes. Uh, yeah. Perfect. So three versus sixteen. All right. Hmm. Can I roll and see if Giovanni remembers any first initial moves to like win a chess game in like three moves? We can roll, sure. <laughs> I rolled a five. Uh, yeah, you you're, you think you remember how to play chess. So, well, good luck with that. And they they basically back out <laughs> and kind of go to shut the door behind you. Kevin is not with you. He is somewhere along the lines. Like he chickened out and didn't even enter the room. Possibly <laughs> looking for that. Can we get, can we get some tea while we, we ponder this? I don't think they're giving us tea. Oh, oh. 
but I feel like if we win this, we can get tea and some rum. So I'll go ahead and I'll take a step on the board. Hmm. I will step on the spot that it is the night. Okay. So you step on, and when you do that, a little weird humming noise that sounds a little bit like a portcullis creates this sort of image of a horse head over your face. It's just like an illusion. So Runar is standing on the board, and he's got this sort of semi-translucent image of a horse over his face. Cat horse. Druk, one of us needs to be the queen. They really didn't explain what ended poorly. I uh, know, but I get the feeling that they may have uh, gotten killed or something. Is there any blood splatter around? Let's take a look. I'm going to roll an investigation. <laughs> roll the five. The whole room's coated and he can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a black light. I'm going to take a look as well, just because... Red rocks are very uh, pretty. 16. Yeah, there's definitely some gore in the crevices between the... Or fine, I don't see anything. Tiles. Well, do you want to be the queen or do you want me to be the queen? Wait a minute, I have an idea. What if I just go to the king, I walk around the board, go to the king and stab it in the back? <laughs> then we'd win, right? Um, is it wall-to-wall, the board? Is the board right up against the wall? The side of the board that you're on is not, right. but the rest of it is <laughs> wall-to-wall. Giovanni is pointing at your bow. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a shot, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a shot, Anne. <laughs> what could go wrong? About a million things. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to wait to stealth first, just so that I can, if it works, I can get sneak attack. Because <laughs> Giovanni's going to go invisible. <laughs> Basically, uh, twenty-two. Okay, for what that's worth. And then I'm going to take and uh, take a shot at the king. Okay, seventeen. All right, take a shot. Arrow zips that way. You feel good about the shot. Before it even gets to the pawns, it just hits sort of an invisible force field and just actually sort of disappears. Like, it, you don't even see it bounce away or anything, but it's like it ceases to exist. The bow doesn't work. Uh, do you want to be the queen or do you want me to be the queen? You know, it occurs to me, uh, the queen might be less important, you know, while a very effective piece... I would point out that you might actually need the king. <laughs> Giovanni holds out his hand. And he says, king and queen, right here. Okay. <laughs> he grabs your hand. He becomes visible again. He'll step up in the king and queen spot. He forgets what goes where. Okay. So do you, you tell me what uh, do you Giovanni know? gets. Do you know which is which? Is which uh, so that I, you can decide whether you're queen or king. I'll, I'll be queen. Okay. So you're on queen. Sorry, Giovanni's standing on the on the king spot. Basically, we've got this image over the knight. We've got an image. The queen does. You get this crown. This sort of image comes in this weird humming sound. But Giovanni's just standing there. No king. It it doesn't give anything over him. Oh, I feel ripped off. Giovanni's just standing there wondering what to do. Seems the uh, king position isn't moving on our end. Um, perhaps you could go to the. Bishop. Ah, uh, which one's that? And he just takes a step right next to the king spot. Just takes a left. So he does yep. step into a bishop spot. Yep. And in that spot, we suddenly get another image. So crown over Druk. We get a horse face over Runar. And Giovanni, you now have a dragonkin sort of dragon face. 
And as soon as that happens, the, the humming becomes more profound, I guess. And then the image of a king pops up in its place where you just stepped away from. So the king okay. is there, but you're not apparently playing the king. And then across the room, every pawn takes a big step forward. They all animate these terracotta gnomes. And they, move and they literally take two spots up. You know, that first move that you can take in chess, they all apparently just take it all at once. The rooks scooch up one space each, and the two knights put themselves into position, do their little L, up two and one over towards the center. And the two bishops step in front of the king and the queen. The queen and the king at this point are not moving. And it's your turn. Oh, well, this is... Um... Terrifying. Um, how, I, just an observation. It does appear that Giovanni could take the pawn that's on the, the right side of the board uh, with no consequences. As long Wait, as I, that, that I can or I can't? You can. Are you sure? Well, I mean, they're not following chess rules, so no. I believe they all did move in chess patterns. Yes, they did. this is a regular chess game, we are in major trouble. But well, you're saying I can take that pawn? Well, none of the pieces have an immediate attack to that. Uh, provided they don't suddenly change rules. Seem like a plan, Druck? I have reservations, but what he says is true. However, everything on that side moved, so if you take that pawn and the knight moves, the bishop can take you. Just FYI, but go for it. Oh boy. Alright, let's do it. I will go take the bishop. Excuse me, the pawn. As a bishop, you go remove that direction diagonally. This is a very large room, Mm -hmm. and so you span a good 40 or so feet, which is farther than you typically would move, and run into this pawn. When you get there, it's standing there like an opponent. Okay. Yep, I'll swing my sword out. Okay. Go ahead and make an attack. All right. Okay, I rolled an 11 to hit. 11 misses. So, and again, this thing is animated. You know, this terracotta gnome, it kind of raises its shield up and deflects your rapier away. Drats! Does he get rebuffed, or do they share the same space? They are actually sharing the same space. It seems that there are certain rules here that are coming into play that are loosely following chess, but this is actually like a battle, in a sense. He's fighting with this guy. Well, it seems I'll never be a good bishop. Good to know for the future. Again, they all win at once, so you guys are going to go as well. You can decide which order you want to go in. Okay. Uh, Seeing that this is not... Just a foregone conclusion that these creatures are going to die or anything like that. I am going to take the pawn on the far left. So, moving in a diagonal, right? Yep. You're going all the way to the edge of the board and enter combat with that pawn, another little gnome. Is it uh, close range or can I use my longbow on the way? There's something going on here where it's speeding things up. It's constraining you to weird rules of physics. Okay. You don't think the bow is going to work in this case. Okay. Uh, pull out my rapier and take a stab at it. 18? 18 hits. 10 points of damage. Rapier comes in, bursts right into the chest of the gnome, and it shatters into pottery and dust. And you've taken its place. So you've got a rook with a raven's head kind of facing you down a couple squares away, and you are at an angle for the king. So you're actually a ch- check. Checkmate. Or check, sorry. Yeah. Yep. Good can, hit, I, Chuck. can I move again? No. Dang, okay. uh, I, would, I would like to move 
up to the L2 Runar's left. Knight move goes up two to, and then takes a left for one. And horse-headed Runar is kind of facing off line of pawns while a couple squares ahead of him, Giovanni is fighting one of the pawns that he didn't quite connect with. All right, other side's turn. One of the rooks steps in to kind of line himself up for when Giovanni's done with his fight. The other rook on the other end comes up and contacts Druck. And a knight does the same that he can also get in. So basically the, the rules are kind of wonky here in a sense because he's got two on him as this knight jumps into his space. A rook steps up towards Runar. A pawn. A pawn. I'm sorry, a pawn at, a, at an angle. One of the bishops steps up in front of the other one to kind of have a new new line of threat in front of Runar. King steps to his right to get out of check, and the queen steps up to him to threaten Drak. So, in this case, the pawn that's fighting with uh, Giovanni is going to attack. He hits a 15. Just hits you for five points of bludgeoning damage. Oh! Just kind of swings his, his little mace and smacks you across the arm with it. The knight is going to attack Druck. Hits a 16. That hits. For 11 points of bludgeoning damage. Ooh. Okay. Yep. And the rook is going to do the same. He also hits ooh, for 10 points of bludgeoning okay. damage. Okay. Go. Ooh. So, gets uh, beat up. up by two different pieces over there, and Druck hits the ground. That this is, is not good, Runar. That is, however, their turn. Runar is just going to be... He's going to jump in the same spot that Giovanni's in. Does it allow him to move there? Yes, it does. And, uh, like, as he's doing this, like, something kind of changes overall with him. He, like, Mm -hmm. suddenly is just... Like, the fears hit him, seeing Druck go down. He goes in and he almost kind of growls at Giovanni and says, you need to attack the knight when I free you. And he will strike out at the pawn. We'll start with just his basic attack. Yeah. And he's going like straight on like punching. Like you've seen him do like some cat moves, but like this Mm -hmm. is straight on punch. Okay. Does a 21 hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Six points of bludgeoning. Pawn again, smash. It just explodes pottery. Can I attack one of the pieces too, like the left or right? You turn to try to, but the physics of the place won't let you. It's again, apparently against the rules. And then he just turns again and just in a very growly voice it's like, attack the knight! Giovanni? My turn? You got a knight at an angle from you? Okay, I'm gonna actually see if I can go through the knight to the queen. Does it stop me at the knight? It does stop you. Yeah, yeah. So you, it's so you try to head that way, and it, you know it acts much like a like a warrior would, right? It sort of all right. I will engages you. I will definitely take a swing at this knight, and Giovanni looks a lot more serious now too. And then he also starts singing about how amazing that swing was by Runar, and gives Runar bardic inspiration. All right, he takes a swing. Ooh, nat twenty, baby. Nice. Woohoo! For six points of damage. Did you double? I'm a lightweight. <laughs> yeah, 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 but that's 20 dumb. for double dice. Um, that, you know what? That does it, though. You know, they seem to hit pretty hard, but you hit it and it busts pieces of pottery and dust on the ground. Yes. And then he almost closes his eyes all the way and shrinks up a little bit, waiting <laughs> to get hit. All right, the rook that's a couple of tiles away from Runar comes running in towards him. The pawns all move one step closer towards the king, who, by the way, has not moved. 
And then the rook and the knight that just took down Druk seemed to actually be a little bit locked in their space. It was effective for taking down Druk, but for whatever reason, they, they seemed to just be like almost at combat with each other. Not knocking each other out, but sort of locked in to each other's space. The two bishops, they're basically going to kind of move themselves a little bit to see if they can get within range to threaten the king. Uh, your king that's just been sitting back there. So really, the only combat that we have in this turn is the rook on Runar. Oh, he's going to hit a 10. I think he misses you. A 10 will not hit. So this mace comes swinging at you, and you bat it away from you. You've got a couple of pawns next to you that are pretty much not a threat to you. You've got a rook in your space, and that's their turn. Very ineffective, but they are getting closer to the king. All right. Again, in that very growly and angry voice, Giovanni, attack the queen. And then he will lash out at the rook. Does a 19 hit. 19 hits. Um, And that will be five points of bludgeoning damage. Again, he's using a closed, like, very deliberate fist strike as opposed to, like... Smash right into its raven face, busts open the face, and busts into pottery shards. Uh, And then he'll do the L move towards... Kind of threatening the queen at this point. Is that yes, like yeah. that? Or at least, you know, threatening the queen. Giovanni, are you headed towards the queen? I am going to charge the queen. Got a straight angled shot anyway towards her. This elven queen fig- terracotta figure. All right, he takes a swing. 17 to hit for three damage. You do hit. The three damage doesn't quite take her out, though, and it uh, basically half of her face gets sort of busted out. She got this sort of hollow china doll that's been busted out. And you're in combat with the queen. The pawns move forward. That means one of them is actually uh, one move away from attacking the king. The rook and the knight that are in the same space are still locked into each other. Can't seem to move from that space. It's almost like the glitch of the game. One of the bishops moves up a little bit, but the pawns will probably do the job if they can. And then the queen is going to just simply attack Giovanni. Oh, and she rolled a two. Sweet. The queen swings her scepter at you and misses as you try to duck out of the way. Not today, my love. The king on that side just sort of sits there. He doesn't seem to do much past hoping the queen will take care of you. And I think that's the turn. Runar will move to his left, doing the L shape, going left, and then yes, right there. So he should have a line to the king. Yep, he's, he's uh, it's checked for the king right now from Runar. And that's what he'll do. Okay. Okay, Giovanni, I'll take a swing at the queen. Oh, only a nine to hit this time. Oh, nine misses. Oh. All right. One of the pawns closes in on the king on the other side. Another one gets into threatening space for the next turn. He hits. Your king ends up looking a lot like the queen. Still surviving, but, you know, half of his body sort of shattered, so it's standing there, this sort of half shell of a figure. It's looking pretty rough on the other side. The next turn, it will clearly take out this king. It's your turn. Giovanni will take a swing at the queen again. Come on, 14 to hit. Uh, 14 misses. Ah. Yeah, it just keeps deflecting you. Runar will make the L-shaped move to attack the king. Runar comes in on the king. He will take his basic attack to start with. Nat 20. Oh! Nice. (laughs) 
That was not a good roll. Seven points of bludgeoning damage. Again, that very deliberate monk-style strike. And mm-hmm. then, how does it look at this point? Similar thing. It looks about as bad as your king. So you, you hit it. It doesn't take it out, but it, it very much looks rough. One more hit will probably do it. Uh, I will do the uh, key point to do the flurry of blows and use the bonus action. Okay. Does an 18 hit? Yep. Okay, so the 18 will do five points of damage. All right. You punch it, and it just shatters into small little pieces and a bunch of sand, and all of the pieces do the same. As soon as you hit that king and shatter it, all of the rest of the pieces fall apart. You've had this weird restriction on your movement. You've had these illusionary hoods on, effectively. They disappear, and you're standing there with just the two of you and Drux laying on the ground behind you, and you can you can move freely. Geo gives out a sigh of relief and then runs over to Druck and starts slapping him like, wake up, buddy, come on, come on, wake up. Do I need to do uh, death saves? I wasn't sure about Oh, you probably should make one, yeah. Okay. Ten? Okay, okay. So it okay. stabilizes. Runar will kind of shake his head and, what happened? Uh, did we win? Oh, oh, we did. Oh gosh. We did. We gotta make sure Druck's okay. Oh gosh, Druck, 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 Druck. Yeah, he runs over and starts like, I, this, this is a lot of blood. Um, can I do like a untrained medicine check to try to, I don't know, put pressure on the wound? Sure. Let's see if we can At make the very it least, worse. Make sure he's alive. Oh. Um, I got a fifteen. Whatever. So you're very confident that he's going to survive. Runar, is he okay? Yeah, yes, yes, he's, he's quite right. Do you have, like, um, I believe bards are known to have the spell mm, healing, healing word. Yes, that's a spell. I have never heard of that spell before. <laughs> What's it do? <laughs> it kills people. <laughs> Who would need to do that? What we do right now. Oh, he's fine. You already said he's fine. <laughs> Look, <live>. he's breathing. <laughs> sure, but like, we can't exactly go explore anything. By the way, how dumb are these pirates for not being able to figure out this chessboard? I mean, jeez. <laughs> how did we figure it out? I missed it. There's only three of us, and before you know it, we win. Sure. I, what did we do, though? I don't know. We just went after their king. I don't know. <laughs> I, who got the king? Did, is that what happened to Draga? Is, is he took the king out? They took each other out. Uh, you took the king out, my friend. No. Yep. You, you, no, this is not the crocodile. This did not happen. Well, right, you've well, taken out a crocodile. While you're arguing, you realize that there that one of the tiles actually sunk when it all ended, and there's a spiral Tile. stairwell. Tile opened up. We can't leave Druk. <laughs> he tries to pick up Druk. Oh, roll strength test. <laughs> uh, Twelve. Uh, you can pick him up. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> So he picks Druk up, and it's he's not holding him very well at all, but he just wants to see so bad if it was treasure. <laughs> he's, like, dragging his own body underneath the weight of Druk <laughs> towards I, I will. the stairs. This is utter madness that you're saying uh, beat up crocodiles, beat up chess kings, and, uh, and he'll try to grab Druk's feet. I don't know. He'll try oh, to help carry you. Try to help try to carry him. <laughs> I bet there's treasure down there, and if we get there first, we can take a bunch of it before they see it. I... They will never know until we tell them. <laughs> if I had a hand to slap you right now, I'd slap you. No, no. Let's go. Let's go. Take a look. Okay, he gets to the steps, and he's gonna smell the air and see if there's any like funky 
undead smell or anything that would be alarming. Okay. Well, perception. 16. Uh, it definitely smells funky and, and stale. Okay. That, that's expected. Okay. Are you ready? No. Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the Floor. Make sure you check us out. We release episodes every other Friday, typically. Giovanni, who are you talking to? Who am I talking to? Yes, you were talking to somebody just now. Who was it? I'm talking to the everyday people. There's nobody here. Drop, you know who I'm talking about, right? I'm still unconscious. Oh. (laughs) Yes, yes. Healing potions. We should look for a healing potion. All right. Well, don't forget to like and subscribe. Find us on any podcast platform, social media, all that good stuff. Uh, If you're trying to do a sending, you only get 25 words. Oh, rules lawyer.